Welcome to the AI and Church podcast, where we explore the intersections of technology and spirituality. From chatbot, from chatbots to virtual reality, we delve into the ways that artificial intelligence is being used to enhance the worship experience and deepen our understanding of faith. Join us as we discover the potential of AI to revolutionize the way we connect with the divine. This is the AI Church podcast, where technology meets theology. That was written by artificial intelligence. I did not write that. I'm Hunter Brin. I'm the digital media specialist at the Virginia United Methodist Conference Center. Um, today, I've got two awesome guests here to talk about artificial intelligence in the ministry setting. Um, I'm going to introduce them by reading their AI written introductions. So I got their official titles. I put it into an AI generator. And these are the AI generated um introductions i'll start with the reverend dr adam souter welcome to our show where we are joined today by reverend dr adam souter a renowned theologian and expert on the intersection of theology of technology and religion with over 20 years of experience in the field dr souter has been at the forefront of exploring the ways that artificial intelligence can be used to enhance our understanding of faith and deepen our spiritual practice so sit back, relax, and join us as we delve into the fascinating world of AI and theology with Reverend Dr. Adam Souter. Hey, Adam. <laughs> wow. Can you, send me, can, we, can you send me that later? Oh, that, I will. I will. Wow. How about that? All right. And I've got one I'm, more. I'm scared now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're coming. Here we go. Please join me in welcoming Pastor Shane Russo, a licensed local pastor in the Eastern Ohio Conference. With a passion for spreading the word of God and a heart for community service, Pastor Shane brings a wealth of experience and dedication to his role. Let's give him a warm welcome as he leads us in worship and spiritual guidance. So those are our artificial intelligence introduction written um, by a computer. I basically just put, write me an intro for Pastor Shane Russo, a local licensed pastor in Eastern Ohio conference I, I i think i would love to see what that intro would have been like if you used the other stuff that i sent you as well <laughs> oh really oh yeah yeah what it's fascinating like so so how much how much of it because you know a lot of the ai has a description area it's like it's like the way we used to search for books a hundred years ago in a library when computers first came out but like how how much how many words did you you generate? I mean, you fed it the information. Um, yeah. So I'm using Chat GBT, which is the really popular one right now. I know Canva also has uh an AI writer. That one is called Magic World Words, I believe. Yeah. Um, but basically for the intro, I wrote, "Write me a podcast intro for the use of artificial intelligence in church." That is it. That's all I put into it, and it gave me probably about a paragraph back. For each of your introductions, I literally wrote, write me an intro for Reverend Dr. Adam Souter. That's it? Yeah, that's all it's I wrote. Totally scanning. It's totally scanning the web and it's pulling pulling little bits of, of information because there's there's truth in it. Mm -hmm. It sounds grander than, than reality, but there's truth in it. Can I just jump in right there? So we were having fun with this at the dinner table with Canva's, I guess, Magic Write or whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm having this conversation and I'm trying to explain to my family while we're eating spaghetti, you know, about AI and the, the power that is in the writing tool. We've been having fun with the picture stuff. My oldest son is an 11th grader. He's been having fun with it. No one understood what I was talking about. My wife is, in, is a payroll manager for a Fortune 500 company with, with employees all over the country. She didn't understand what I was talking about. I brought my laptop to the table and wrote, write me a tax guide on Pennsylvania tax law, looking at, at understanding deductions for employees. And it wrote it. Uh, it wrote it. It was just a page, but it had real data and real and real point. All right, I'll be quiet. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, AI is is interesting. That's why I want to talk about it today. But real quick, before we get too far ahead, I want you guys to actually introduce yourselves, uh, give me your name, what church you're at, conference you're in, uh, and then tell me if your AI generated introduction was close. 
And Shane, I'll let you go first. Okay, yeah. So I'm Shane Russo. I'm a, a licensed local pastor in the East Ohio Conference, uh, currently serving Niles First UMC, uh, which is a suburban-ish <laughs> church. Um, I would say that that particular intro was very bland and not at all how I would, um, if I were giving like a bio or something, um, because I'm in the process of trying to plant a digital church here in, in our conference and looks like that will probably happen this summer. Uh, and so there are a lot of, there are a lot of elements that you could focus on for me that would not, I mean, that was, and nothing was untrue about it, but it wasn't, um, it, it was, it was, you could say that about a lot of pastors, like really just, um, so yeah, it wasn't terrible. I liked Adams better. Like personally, I would like, <laughs> that like was, you're, you're the stained glass rebel. I mean, that mm. like, I don't know. It was, it was bland. It was bland. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's not, he's, he's not bad. He's so, he's a lot more. Nobody bad. who knows me would read that and go, yeah, that describes him. Yeah. Adam, how do you feel? Oh, introduce yourself. Then tell me if you think that your AI generated intro is correct. Yeah. I'm, I'm Adam Souter. I'm the lead pastor of discovery, United Methodist church. Um, I'm a, an ordained elder in the Virginia Conference. I do have my my doctor of ministry. It's a focus on uh, uh, transformational leadership. Uh, my my specific work was uh, preaching strategies for connection and identity. I actually looked at Wesleyan innovation um, in that uh, it 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 sounded grander than than what I am. Yeah, I we uh, we co-founded Methodist Gaming with uh, the Reverend Hannah Bryn, um, who who of course Hunter is very familiar with. Uh, that's his his wife. Um, so so we do, you know, I, I think I do consider myself, you know, some of those things and and it got, you know, a lot of the experience time right uh and, and those sorts of things. So it was um I see I expected that you had actually put more in your your kind of search query oh no in, in the description because some of them some of them come back legit like when uh bishop sue started i put write me an introduction for bishop sue hopper johnson for the virginia conference and it got me like details on her law degree and all of her time in down in georgia and it was pretty spot on it got one thing wrong um it got the fact that she's not a florida native wrong but other than that, it was pretty spot on, which is fascinating because, you know, I, I love research. And um, so with with even regular Google searches and that kind of a thing, you know, I, I've always kind of Google searched myself in ministry. So you could do that. You could find funerals that I did, you know, about a long time ago and, and different little community events. Uh, but when I was looking her up and, and kind of Google searching her, um, I, I would have read it through the research I saw. That, that she would have been a Florida native. So I guess I would have made the same mistake that the, that the AI did. Yeah. Um, now, the one the one line that I don't know is true, Adam, and you have to correct me if there's something I don't know about you. Do you have 20 years of experience in the field? Dr. Adam Souter has been the forefront of exploring the ways artificial intelligence can be used to enhance our <laughs> understanding of faith. I think now, 20 years of experience of artificial intelligence. I have, I have probably 20 years of experience, right? So I think it's all where the comma, the comma yeah. punctuation is. And I guess we could have fun and say, since so many, probably even of our listeners don't really even know what AI is and power of it, we are yeah. pioneering. So I guess you could say that depending on your punctuation, I, I am, am currently at the forefront of AI technology for, for ministry. I'm well, I can tell you there's no comma. Okay, well, no, we've not been, we did not develop uh, AI. Uh, oh, cool. Dave, what do you think about, about that, though, about living into that, pi that pioneering aspect? I'm, I, listen, I am happy to be a part of anything that moves the needle forward, uh, especially in, in uh, ministry where everything, I think you mentioned it already, we are always so behind. It seems like where the church ought to be innovating or being on the front lines of of everything that helps society move ahead, um, the church constantly lags behind, whether it's social issues, you know, traditional issues, anything. Um, it seems like the church just lags. And so I make it a point. I've made it a point of my ministry to always be 
pushing the envelope. And that makes people irritated with me a lot of the time, but I don't care. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with even making missteps in the effort to try and move forward because you're not always going to get it right. My goal is to do as little harm or as possible. And that's where like being on the forefront of using AI and being uh, learning about it and figuring out how we can and can't use it. Um, if we're not doing that, other people are going to, and then the church gets to act in a responsive role like it always does, rather than in a proactive, we helped make this role, right? And so I'm actually, I love the idea of being, you know, like one of, the, like that my name came up as part of wanting to have a conversation about this was just, I'm tickled. I love it because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just want to be on that, on the edge of that. Mm -hmm. Well, so for the people listening, we've kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but AI is artificial intelligence. Basically, there's a trend right now um, that's kind of up and coming where basically you can, there's a prompt, you write whatever you want, and then artificial intelligence will create that for you. There's two real big ways that it's it's trending right now. There's a written one, which is what we've kind of been talking about with the intros. Uh, then there's also the creative one that's like more photos and, and images. And that's the one that Adam was talking about his son was using. Um, so some examples of these we've already kind of talked uh, talked about is ChatGBT, um, which is the big one right now. Canva is is in a prototype stage of doing one. Um, I use MidJourney for art stuff, um, which is a Discord bot. Uh, but basically... The idea is you just kind of put in a prompt. So, I mean, the first time I played with Midjourney, I literally wrote Samurai Jesus in Heaven and it popped out uh Samurai Jesus in Heaven. Like it and you can do and you can get as specific as you want or keep it as vague as you want. And a lot of times it will pick up on it. Um the more specific, the more better the better your outcome's going to be, but it's also very interesting cuz like for these intros I've literally just put intro these people. Um but how did you guys discover the trend for AI? Like, I know, Adam, you were saying your son brought it up, but Shane, what was your first interaction with AI? Yeah, so I actually learned of it um, through another podcast, through uh, Pastoring in the Digital Parish by Ryan Dunn. Um, he did an episode on it uh, where it was just him talking about AI. Uh, and he did a similar thing where he actually tried to write the whole script using prompts and things like that. And, and he used a version of chat GBT before it was, before they came out with the, the free um, testing version that they're doing now. And so he talked about, it. I was like, wow, that sounds pretty interesting. I wonder what that's about. And so I went to it and I've, I've been hooked ever since. Like, honestly, the addictive personality in me spends way too much time messing around with prompts and trying to figure out how to manipulate it and what I can get it to do and, and, and get it, not get it to do. I do like sort of, okay. So that said, as an aside, Adam, you said something earlier that is not exactly true about how at least chat GBT work, chat, chat GPT works. You said it scours the internet and it knows it doesn't do that. It, it is fed a ton of information, a lot of that from the internet and stuff, but it's self-contained. Right. It's um, it's it's not reaching out to the Internet to get these answers. It's it can only reproduce or work within the framework of what it's already been fed. That's why that particular program stops at about mid 2021 with the information it can produce, which is why it doesn't know me. It knows you because you're you've been out there for a while. Me, a much shorter amount of time. I tried to have it write something about me. And it's like, we don't know this Yahoo. Like who? I mean, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but it basically said that and I tried to manipulate it to get it. It just it doesn't because I'm not out there. Um, but so I think when we eventually get to the sort of the plagiarism kind of conversation, it to be clear, it's not specifically pulling from live active resources yeah. on the Internet. And I think that's an important distinction to make as we have that conversation. And that's, I, and that's what yeah, on when we get to that, because I, I think when I think about that issue, once we get to it, I'm actually coming from a from a completely different from a di uh, different um, prospect. But I think that's fascinating because, like, I I can't even comprehend, you know, like like the concept of a of an isolated server or something that already has information in mm -hmm. it. That, mm -hmm. that, so so my understanding is what they did was they basically took a snapshot of the internet. A lot of the information that's on the internet, it's like a snapshot. So like. Um, 
like 2021 because the thing was when i started playing with it i love movies i'm a cinephile i i used it to like i was playing with it same thing with shane i have a very addictive personality i i like i spent hours playing with it and so i had it write me movie reviews for my favorite movies one of the movie reviews that it could not do though is avatar the way of water which just came out but it could do the first avatar so it's really interesting to see that but yeah i think you're right it's that snapshot of time but so it's not pulling directly from but it does pull from a lot of resources and we get yeah. into that in the plot in the plagiarism stuff but one thing i want to hit on is what ways do you guys use it whether that's be for fun or for uh professional uses um and, and i think and i think i just want to hit that last piece and then i'll, I'll answer that, that question because i think this is just the beginning though right so like as my my son at at uh, at dinner said this is this is like the beginning of skynet right there's a joke in there it's a terminator oh, yeah. joke but the time will come when it it will be actively, you know, oh, I, for I sure. It'll be, it'll be. Completely, oh yeah. Completely. Yeah. And a lot of these AI programs are still technically in beta. Yeah. Um, like I know chat GBT right now is free to use. If you want to play with it, you should do it right now because yep. in the next six months, they're going to monetize it and you're going to be paying for it. I know mid journeys monetized. I paid for mid journey for a few months, but yes, I you're right. It's going to be a living growing thing. Um, and over the, the next few years, it's going to be exponentially different than what it is right now. And this but, is but, why you need, yeah. I was just gonna say, this is why you need to thank Alexa every time she gives you an answer, because <laughs> they're going to remember this stuff. Incredible. Oh, You're yeah. Right, it's the movie iRobot all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my my guilty pleasure of, of first using and playing with it, though, is it's um, picture filters, you know, TikTok trends, um, uh, you know, all, all kinds of other things. So just as uh, just as my AI generated bio on the written copy was was grander, probably than than reality. So are the the picture filters uh, with my face in it. So I just I just love you know using those. And then there I am in like knight's armor, you know, and uh, and I've been photoshopped and and shined up. And so that that for me that was a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. to, to just play with AI from a, from an, an art. I'm really interested in the art capacity. That's how my son is is doing it. He loves Halo, and so he's like put you know put ODST you know Halo troopers in a in the zombie apocalypse, and he's you know generating images um, yes. like that. And this is all this is all video game speak for people who don't know ODST. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I apologize. Great, great video game, but it is a it is a video game when you say Halo. Do you want me to talk about the? the the work com component and then we'll move to Shane or yeah I mean if you're using it for work I'd love to hear how you're using it if I could tell a story through through Hannah uh, again the Reverend Hannah Brin who's the associate pastor at Discovery you know she was doing great work um great work with with generating herself generating a a a, a cluster so we're doing that this cluster thing multiple churches together youth group lesson on the Lord's prayer so she was working on that and then that's she started to to play with AI with that to kind of generate um generate some ideas and that was had a lot of great ideas in it so so what i did after seeing some other written trends on TikTok of of how to to get the most out of some of the other chat programs by being very specific with your data was i took her query and then i said generate a, a devotional on the lord's prayer uh, using five points with icebreakers you know and, and then it, and then it did that i was working on a sermon just because i was aggravated with ai and um, and I said, you know, I put in a query on um, on on looking at a sermon topic with a theme with a scripture, and um, and it and it generated ideas on voice and authenticity uh, and those sorts of things, which I'm very passionate about. Um, now I didn't use any of those ideas, but but it it was a like a creative whiteboard in a way to say, to, to think about things in a in a different way. Mm -hmm. Shane, how do you use it? Yeah, so I use it. I'm currently using it in a couple of ways uh, professionally. Um, I, I am using it to like I, for example, I just used it to help me organize an eight week uh, sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. I've been wanting to preach on the Lord's Prayer for a while, and I've actually done one before, um, but I wanted to I, I so I put into it, a, you know, basically that was the prompt. Uh, organize an eight-week sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, um, and I said include scripture references 
And, and so it did that. And then I've changed. And then, so it gave me a pretty, a really good framework for like, all right, here are the topics. Here's how you could lay it out. And then I changed it up a little bit. And then from there, I, I, I piggybacked on that and, and made it do more, uh, based off of that. Um, I create my sermons in a very specific way, uh, in my own outline that I use, like when I'm doing it, what I did was I basically wrote a paragraph prompt of the, uh, organizational structure that I use for my sermons <clears throat> gave it a scripture and said, um, outline a sermon using this, using this out, uh, basically this structure. Um, and, and it, and it, it does that. And then what I can do from there is take and expand on each of those, alter it, change it up. And so it has streamlined what I already do in a way that is very much, it helped me focus m my effort and time because it's not like I've just given it all over and say, write this sermon, but I have said, all right, here are the things that I jump off from, help me organize those. So that's one way that I did it. Another recent thing that I did was I, I wrote a sermon for um, a, a youth event that that is coming up tomorrow I'm, that I'm speaking at. And I wanted to try something new in giving more of a youtube -y kind of hot intro you know, to it, like, um, and, but I can't, I don't write that way. Like, it's just not my style. And so I fed it in my sermon and said, create a hot intro based on this text. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another way to use it. That's really, really good is to feed it your own writing and have it. Um, it can help improve or alter it in ways that you might want to go. An one other way that I'm currently using it that I wish I had not thought of, but um, I did, and, and it's taken up, again, too much of my time, is I'm going before the Board of Ordained Ministry in February for my uh, commissioning interview, and I've already given all the paperwork in and all of that, so it's not helping me write any of my stuff, which is fine, um, but what I have done is I fed it in my answers to specific questions. Like in my theology paper, you have to answer the questions. I fed it the question and my response and said, um, give me five challenging or clarifying questions based on this text that an interviewer might ask in a board of ordained ministry interview. And it came back with a, it came back with amazing questions that I honestly think if the it board asked these, you would know right off if somebody wrote this or not, mm -hmm. because you have to get into, it goes, it got questions that got beyond surface level. Right. And I think, again, when we get to the to those kinds of discussions, you will you can tell if somebody actually wrote these things, if you have a conversation about, yeah. you know, that goes beyond the surface. And but that's a really helpful tool for me as I'm worrying about these interviews. Like, what are they going to ask? Well, they may not ask those, but it gets my brain thinking about the kinds of things they might be looking at. So I never, um, I never really thought about using it for that. That's a really cool way of using it. I never would have thought of that. That could also be used if like you're looking for a new job, putting in the job mm -hmm. description and thinking like basically writing in the prompt, like give me some questions uh, that they might ask based around this job description and put the, then put the job description in. Cause that way you're like not, you're not really using the writing. It's more like basically like a test. Like, well, I know one of the high school students at Checkpoint, um, he, I'm not going to say his name or anything, but basically he, had said, Oh, what I, what I use AI for is I put my history notes in and I have it generate me a study guide. And that's it's yeah. like, man, if I was in high school, that is not how I'd be using, <laughs> but, sure. but like, that is so smart. That's such a smart way of doing it. Like if you're studying for a test, putting in the information and having it come out with a pop quiz for you to, to work on. Cause my thing was like, I'm a flashcards guy. Like when I studied, I would put everything on a flashcard and I just flip it, flip it, flip it. But I also love a good study guide. So like, I think that's such an interesting. But you way. could, you could use the AI to produce those flashcards for you. Exactly. You could, I guarantee you, you could put in a prompt that says, you know, here, here's these notes. Create thirty flashcards that to help me study, and it'll come up with. Oh my goodness, that's see, you could do that. It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee, and it's so fast. I think that's what, like, when we're talking about some of these things that we've generated, especially with Canva's version of that, it it's literally seconds uh, for some of the stuff that we are working on that it, it generated these these thinking points. So I like Shane what you're saying. I like it's like using the Grammarly website. 
you know, almost in yeah. a way, you know, we encourage people to use Grammarly, make sure your punctuation and, and it makes sense. And in a way you're feeding it back to a computer to say, hey, how does this, how does this look, generate some ideas and, and questions off of that. It also sounds like maybe using it a little bit as like a, a lectionary study group, you know, like, you know, but a lot of times people don't have the time or the capacity mm -hmm. or the distance. We can do that with technology now, but you could use your AI to say, I really want to think about this, be my partner, be my conversation partner to help me do that. Okay. You and know, another, you oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say um, another interesting way that I'm using it um, from sort of a personal growth, spiritual growth aspect is um, again, with my board work, I put in, put it in and say, and say, here's the goal that uh, is trying to be achieved. Help me locate logical fallacies in this argument um, help or find flaws in the argument. And it will identify ways in which your thinking might not be coherent or cohesive. And I'll tell you what, that is an eye opener because you can't see that stuff a lot of times for yourself. You usually need somebody else to do it. And it's so much less threatening when it's not a human being telling you you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and so that is that's that's a way that this digital world can help enhance the human because we take by taking the human element out of that in for some people like me, it's so like I said, it's a lot less threatening to have the, the AI tell me this is wrong uh, than a person because I feel attacked by a person. But the AI is just the AI. It's not has no skin in the game you know, in this relationship, it just tells me what I asked it to tell me. And so there's a, there's something to be, to be done with that. I think. Not yet. Just wait till the Terminator comes. That's why you say, thank you. That's <laughs> why you say thank you. Well, so the way, so the, basically the way I use it, um, a lot of times I don't use it a whole lot for professional work. Uh, I played a lot with mid journey, uh, with the art side of it. Um, and I even wrote an article, you can go to VAUMC.org about how you could use AI imagery for your sermon imagery like if you wanted to make slides and you wanted to tell a story but you don't want to steal the image uh stock footage is very expensive mm -hmm. um and so is like if you go to like churchmedia.com you have to pay for that stuff mid-journey technically we'll get into it with the copyright stuff is is free game um so like for what i did was like part of the nerdy church circuit i mean we all are twitch streamers and watch stuff and i put in nerdy jesus basically what it did was it it made me a jesus figure with glasses but like it's something that i could use if i wanted to if i wanted to like say like i want to post something to facebook about nerdy jesus or nerdom in in christianity i use that as my image it's eye-catching it's 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 easy to use um it's intriguing but uh, so I, I try to use that when I can. I tried hard not to use it, mainly for other reasons we'll talk about later. But the one that I use pretty frequently and um, have a hard time living without is Word Spinner. Um, I'm really bad at writing emails. My emails a lot of times come across as like short and uh, not very professional. So if you get my emails and that's how you feel, I apologize. But I recently started using Word Spinner. Basically, what you do is I can t I write an email out, I I copy paste it into Word Spinner, and then I can give it a tone, and it rewrites it in that tone. So I can say it uses my words. It might use a thesaurus to figure out better words to use that might seem friendlier or nicer. So I've got it up right here. The tones you could use are curious, encouraging, engaging, formal, friendly, informal, surprised, or worried. Uh, basically what you do is you just pop it in, you hit rewrite and then it'll, and you, there's a few things you can, I think there's even a way you can translate it. You can put different languages in um, and then you can hit rewrite. And if you don't like it, you just keep putting it through and until you find something you like, it's super nice. It makes my life a little bit easier. Cause I'm not so worried about like saying sincerely, sir, so-and-so <laughs> um to whom this may concern, the doctor is out of the building today due to unforeseen circumstances. My email usually would be like, hey, he's not here. Sorry. So um, I, I, I use do, that. I do, as a, love, I do love the authenticity, though, of the, of the he's not here. 
Sorry, but like we could talk about about yeah. that stuff too, like authentic voice and and yeah. that. And so like personal stuff, I'm like that. But for like professional emails, a lot of times I use this just as a. And I might not actually use it. Usually, I'll I'll put it in and I'll see what it writes and I'll try to rechange my own thing so it sounds kind of like it. So it's still my voice. Um, but so, that's that's one thing I use it for. <laughs> so that's an interesting thing you bring up about authenticity and tone and things like that. So with like Chat GPT. Um, you can feed it your writing, have it analyze that and um, make it make it spit out to you characteristics of of your style. Basically, give it have it give you a style with things that are use usable in recreating that in a prompt. So what you what you can do is you can put in your writing, have it analyze you basically then now create a right, create a prompt to reproduce this style. And then when you go in have it write something in your style, making it sound pretty much like you, which now there you get into, if you know how to do that, it becomes very dangerous in how what you produce because you can make it sound like you, you can make it seem like you wrote this, but then did you? Well, no, you might've had the idea, but you didn't write this content. And it gets back to then, how do you know? And with a thing like the board, they would know because you have to defend it at some point. But like, if you're just putting out blog posts on the internet, we or, get into a conversation of harm and things like that. And then that, and then that is my concern. Or, or, or maybe it's not for the board. Maybe it's it's just for your your the the local people in your church community on a mm-hmm. Sunday morning. And and it gener- did generate uh, elements or 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 the sermon itself. And the people in in that space wouldn't know. Right. No, because it's because that's much more of a one way communication instead of a, a of an engagement of dialogue and question and, and pondering and wonder and, and those sorts of things. I also think that brings up the conversation of, you know, AI is so new that a lot of people, unless you are a tech person and you're like what like I, I don't want to say cutting edge, but if you're like a tech person and you're like kind of following the trends and stuff, you wouldn't know about it. So a lot of people probably would have no idea that was even an option. I know that um when when this conversation first came up, Adam, you sent us an email. I won't go into it too much, but basically you sent us an email. That's what spurred this podcast. But I had to go and explain to people what AI was because there's some people who didn't know what it was. And so, and that was mind blowing. They were like, wait a second, you can do that. And I had to, and I, I pulled up Canva. I think that was the one I was using that day. And I, I popped in, I think I wrote like, write me a movie review for the Goonies. Favorite movie of all time just saying but um and it did it and they were just amazed so like there's a lot of people who don't know so if you're using it in a local church setting i think it's a very slippery slope like you're saying adam because like there's some people in the pews who might have no idea that's even an option so and it's it an be old, hoodwinking people. and it's an old and if i could just touch on it, and that's an old story mm-hmm. right you, using you know i think um uh, you know i guess uh, the old definition of plagiarism is using someone else's thoughts and ideas as as your own Right and, and sharing it as as your own, and um, and unfortunately, there's been an element uh, in that in, in preaching for for a very long time. Um, you know, I I know clergy people who are are, are published preachers who've been in uh, congregations where one of their sermons was preached, uh, and um, in that moment, and that the feelings behind that uh, to to have that done to you, um, and I know that that clergy. I'm not saying. Um, you know, I think a lot of what we do when we mess up, it's not always intentional or malicious. I think sometimes people get tired or stressed out. And, and I think that that's a whole different thing on the, the stresses of ministry and, and the expectations of ministry. But I, the temptation, I guess, to use it, it used to be other things like Text Week was a great resource. I don't even know if it still exists anymore, but it was a website um, in, in the earlier days of, of ministry and, and the internet where it would be a compilation of hymns and and children's sermons and sermon ideas and even and even sermons and you'd always hear the whole like it's a great resource but try don't be tempted uh, you know on a on a late night because you you've been so overwhelmed with ministry to to borrow you know express explicitly borrow other people's thoughts and um so this is just a new and the propensity i'm all for it i love it but there's a propensity there that I do believe is worth at the early days lifting up of, you know, just, you know, cite, cite, give credit, talk about, share, uh, and lift it up because it is a great tool. It's an amazing thing. 
Well, I think we go. Let's just go ahead and have this copyright plagiarism conversation because I'm a copyright person. I don't know if you guys see it behind me. I've got a media law textbook back here that I refer to very often. Um, copyright. I, an big, I think behind you. <laughs> yes, but so like. I always tell people, I was like, you know, when I was in college, I took a law class on copyright and I wish I would have paid so much more attention to it. Like, like there's so many times where I'm Googling like, oh, is this copyright? And one thing when AI first started with the mid journey stuff was I was like, you know, I want to post this to my social media. Am I, is this considered copyright? And because AI is so new, there's no copyright laws really written for it yet. I say yet because there's a good chance it's coming. Um, because like what you're talking about with plagiarism and cut and, and stealing people's work is that is a huge conversation in the art world. Um, I know like if I want to, I could say, paint me a picture of Shane Russo as an Andy Warhol painting. Andy Warhol. Is a, uh, yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> uh, but Andy Warhol is a, a super famous painter. We've just stolen his style. And that's, that's the conversation. Is like, you know, like, yes, it is drawing from old snapshots of of the Internet and stuff. But like when they update that stuff, like I know, Shane, you a lot of a lot of times you put your sermons on Facebook and, and YouTube, correct? Yeah. Like what happens in like two years when they've updated everything? And I say, write me a sermon on the Lord's Prayer. And it pulls little not the whole thing, but just little pieces of your a thing. Turn, a turn of phrase, uh, mm -hmm. something very explicit you know, that, that Shane put a lot of effort in and it, it would be like the, like the Twitter line, you know, or, or his catchphrase or, or something. And I think when I talk about the plagiarism piece, and this is, this is my thoughts and doesn't mean they're, they're accurate thoughts and, and it's also new, but it's not so much the snapshots of the Andy Warhol painting that's using to create the new thing. It's the, it's the fact that depending on how we're using it, it's the AI's work. Right. So it's, it's claiming the AI's work as our, as our own work instead of somehow citing it and saying, you know, I was working with this and generating thoughts and ideas in this program, but it's, it's okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to use, I know AIs aren't sentient beings. Yeah. yeah. And, or, that's, or some, and that's where some, some conspiracies say they are, but it's like, it's taking maybe some of it, depending on how we use it and taking their thoughts and their writing and their work. Uh, and do it. We're generating thought ideas and prompts, but it's just a, it's a, it's an, I wonder. It's an, yeah, I wonder. and that's, and that's the conversation or like the, the general consensus about copyright law that I've found is a lot of people are like, Oh, it is my, I like, I did it through AI, but I am, it's my idea. So that's, that's where like a lot of the, the research I've done has been like, it's technically protected. And like, let's say you put in uh, Shane Russo, Andy Warhol into mid journey, and it pops out something very, very much like it. You own the copyright to that, not Andy Warhol. It is his style, but because you put the prompt into the machine, the machine does not have rights. So it does not hold a copyright, but you hold it as the, in the initial thought provoker, if you will. Um, but and that's the that's the big argument there, at least for the art aspect of it. I think when you get into the more written stuff, like using JetGPT, Canva, and like writing, like helping it write stuff for you, like I had it write. I just for like laughs, I put write me a sermon on the Goonies. I took that. It wasn't too bad. It gave me the the fun characteristics of a pastor by starting it with brothers and sisters in Christ. I love to see, but I then popped it into a plagiarism checker and that thing lit up like Christmas trees. Really? I mean, I mean it caught so much like it, like the top of the page on uh, the, the plagiarism checker literally wrote significant plagiarism. So I think, I think there's going to be like good checks and balances for it. Um, I know like, at least if I'm a, a teacher and I have a sneaking suspicion of someone using it to write a paper, I'm putting that thing in a plagiarism checker. I did it through three, I did it two or three times um, through like for different things. So I did it like earlier, we talked about how I used it to write an intro for Bishop Sue Hopper Johnson. Yeah. That got hit with plagiarism. Wow. Because I'm pretty sure I just pulled it from like conference websites. And like just mashed it all together. It's basically did what like I do with the word spinner. It just takes a bunch of information, put it in the 
a word blender and then kind of makes it look pretty. Um, but like, yeah, I it got hit pretty hard with a plagiarism checker, both two or three times I did it. I guess I find that surprising because I'm like, you know, I sent you an email. It, it's, it's serious, right? I, I think it's serious, but it's like, hey, this is a, a possibility or prospect. Like, I love it. Let's keep exploring. Let's use it. But I, I guess I am surprised that you've actually run it through that. And, and it's actually at least flagged or identified, hey, some of the, these terms of phrase may not be, you know, original. And, I, I mean, I'd be curious to know where it pulled them from, like where, like what the matches are and how prevalent those sayings or that those thoughts are in general rather than from a specific source mm -hmm. uh, because plagiarism checkers do catch plagiarism in that way where if it's if it's proliferated enough it can get flagged even if it is kind of a like this is common knowledge about this thing it's not original to this person um and there you run into well where, where how do you cite that source i wonder as we're talking about this i and we're talking about um, resources and citing and all that. And I'm like my, I have an MDiv. I'm very much well-versed in citing sources. And I'm, mm -hmm. and I've been the victim, if you want to use that word of somebody taking something I say all the time or do and putting it out there for their own use. And I have a couple of thoughts about that and I don't have definitive answers, but they're more like, what do we think about that? Things like, uh, especially in our Methodist tradition early, early on, um, you know, John Wesley wanted his preachers to preach from his sermon book, like read from his sermon book. He wasn't asking them to create new things. He was saying, this is the doctrine we hold or that I want you to teach. And so, um, I mean, there was this sort of this, everybody knew it was John Wesley's book, right? So it wasn't like anybody was confusing it for that pastor's idea. But at some point in our culture, we, or even in just in the world, we got into this, everything has to be original and it has to be created by the individual. Um, and I'm not against that, but I just wonder with resources like umcdiscipleship.org that literally every week has sermon series and gives you sermon notes, hymns, like, and, and their sermon notes are sermons. They have somebody writing, usually it's Derek Weber, <laughs> writing sermons, basically. Um, I don't think they ever expect you to read that word for word, but it would be very hard to read those notes and not be heavily influenced mm -hmm. uh, to use a lot of that. Um, and that's a freely usable source. Uh, there are lots of usable sources that put their stuff out there to be used. And um, so could we be considering what we're creating through AI to be one of those? Now, obviously, when it becomes monetized, that'll be a different story. And also the question of, what is the purpose behind why we're using it? In ministry, I think it looks a little different than in, say, any other professional realm um, where we're monetizing our thoughts. I think once you get into the prospect of using AI to generate things that are getting you money, you run into a bigger problem of it not being sort of original, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. So these are just thoughts that I'm having about, like, ethical usage of these things like what are your thoughts i i had a uh i'm gonna i gotta be very careful with, with some of this but you know every once in a while um clergy come to me with questions about uh experiences that they're having or experiences other clergy are having with regard to plagiarism and use of ideas and, and that kind of thing and we just had that conversation you know i mean like today we're reading Ser sermon 32 you know, and, or we're looking at the use of money or we're looking at the more excellent way. And, and that was common practice. Um, so I think one, like sidebar, it's ridiculous because today, like I generate new material like every week and I've been doing this according to the AI for a very long time. And, and that's a <laughs> lot. That's a lot of original material, original content. Um, and, and, and when I use other stuff, I cite it, I quote it, I say according to or, or whatever. That's a lot of material. It, it never would have been that way, right? We would have had a little catalog of X number of books or we would have been reading from some other bishop stuff. And so I think the expectation on clergy today to constantly produce or generate new content every single week through just preaching, I think is extensive. And, and I think that leads to a whole lot of these other, these other issues. I think with, with the, the, the generated sermon notes and discipleship resources, I think that's great as long as that preacher says you know, th this is coming from here. And I think I have a, mm -hmm. 
and again, I'm being real cautious, but but I think I think there's I think the reality of temptation and use and not to cite or quote and to present it again as your own. It's all the good news, right? Um, but but I, I I personally there's something that's an integrity. My integrity flag kind of is is going off real. My spidey sense real strong on that. I think the other thing is society and culture has changed because in Wesley's day, Wesley used other people's materials and didn't cite it. You know, and, and some of the biggest theologians, uh, even even more modern within the last 50 years, have done the same thing. And, and it would be very unpopular for me to to give actual quotes and information on who and what it was and, and everything else. But it's but it's a reality. But um, but I think society's changed. It's like no original thoughts, you know, are are precious. Um, and 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 it's an ex it's a creative expression. Like like I got to stop talking. But for me, sermon is craft. It's our art. It is our art. Oh, and it's great. a craft and then you put your heart heart your heart into that writing and that that words and then you stand up in front of people and you it's like i always say it's like ripping your chest open taking your heart out and say here it is here is my heart here is what i believe and um and you and whether people believe that or not that's great and the spirit has to do its thing but if someone were to take take a piece of that and and corrupt it it's kind of like creation it's genesis chapter one and two you know, uh, redemption, you know, transformation, we need, we need these things. And um, I don't know, what do you guys, what do you guys think about yeah, it? So that, so that brings up like two thoughts for me. One, we're, we're, like the words like citing and like, I thinking uh, bibliography is a big thing. Um, anytime I've ever used anything AI, I never get any kind of sites. I don't know, Shane, do you get any kind of like when you use stuff? Cause like I've written, um, like I've done things where I like just for playing, I'll be like, write me a sermon on and I'll usually put a movie in and but like and Canva doesn't do it, but like chat GBT does. It'll actually put scripture and it'll, it'll cite the verses, but it won't give me the translation. That's one thing. But also like the like when I'm, I keep going back to this Bishop intro, but basically when I did that, I was like, where did they find this information? I want to know exactly where they found it. Because if I was like doing anything, I want to know that it's true and I want to be able to double check it and stuff. So that's one kind of like, I mean, at least if you're writing a paper, that'd be a really big sign is if they can't cite where they get information or information from. My second thought, though, man, nothing drives me more crazy is when people use AI and then they don't tell you it's AI. Because this is this is going to be like I said, I'm a cinephile. The new Christopher Nolan movie is coming out, um, Oppenheimer or I think that's how you say it. it's about the the creation of the nuclear bomb <laughs> and someone decided to use mid-journey to create realistic images from behind the scenes that are not real and then they shared it on a thousand Facebook pages claiming that they are real behind the scenes footage or photos of this new up up and coming Christopher Nolan film and like people were buying into it left and right. And usually you can kind of tell, at least with the images, you can tell they don't get eyes right. They, the, the AI hasn't quite learned shapes very well. It likes to use circles a lot. Um, so you can usually tell, but like the amount of people being hoodwinked on social media with these images and people sharing them being like, oh, check out this behind the scenes photo from the new Christopher Nolan movie. This movie looks so cool. And like Christopher Nolan came out and was like, none of this is real. But that drives me nuts is when people are like, they basically use AI and at least for the images and they fake something and then they pretend like it's real. I'm going to, I would, I'm going to be very gentle with my language, even though it's going to sound very harsh. So <laughs> you know, there's the, so the, the expression, there's a sucker born every minute. Right. Oh, and yeah. so, that, so people say PT Barnum. Well, first it's a, we don't really know if, if PT Barnum said that or not. I want to flip that and, and come at it from like a justice you know, pr protection issue of people who don't know, is there, and I, it's, it's an I want is there a responsibility of whether it's clergy in a church or cinephiles with movies for, for people to almost protect and say, no, this is, this is not accurate because, because people in their, their, their passion or, or naivete or whatever it is would, would look at something and say, did you see this? Because here's one. Did you see the the 1979 Batman uh, behind the scenes that um, that that didn't didn't actually get released, and it, it wasn't a thing, 
mm-hmm. right? But but there's a lot of people in the comments saying, "Oh, where's the where's the footage, or how can I see it?" Or it's like, "No, that that's generated. It's it's AI generated. Yeah. It's not real." You know, Goonies and the you update Goonies and the style. You know, of, of, that it was yeah, shot and and that's a big thing. That's a really big thing right now. I've seen a lot of people doing like Batman in the style of Wes Anderson films. I saw um a Black Panther in the style of like a cyberpunk sci-fi thing and people be like oh this is going to be the next great big movie i can't wait to see it i'm like no this is ai and i think i to your question i think as someone who uses ai i think it is a responsibility thing or maybe it's an ethics thing to put generated by ai it could still be my thought it could still be my prompt um in terms of copyright it's still technically my copyright but i think it is imperative to say I created this using Midjourney. I created, I wrote this using ChatGPT. Um, or, or Hunter, Hunter Brand, re- renowned Midjourney artist, right? So your medium, right? So it's very clear in your bio, like this, you're an artist and your medium is. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. Well, I want to go kind of through uh, pros, cons real quickly. Um, and then what I want to do is from there go into healthy, safe ways that AI can be viable for ministry in the future. Um, so real quick, let's do pro cons. Let's kind of uh, do it like a snap thing, just like real quick. Um, so my, and we can kind of popcorn it around. I'm going to say pro is that it, it gives creates, at least for me, it gives some form of creativity. It gives inspiration for stuff. It might not be specifically what I want, but it gives me a good idea of where I need to be heading pro yeah pro for me yeah pro for me would be that it um it streamlines processes if used correctly um it's helped me dramatically reduce the amount of time i spend on certain tasks that i always do um and and because i always do them i know whether or not what it's helping to organize is true to me and i don't use the ones that aren't um and i alter the ones that are so nothing i use on that is ever 100% the the AI, it's AI sort of is the sort of the springboard to, to me doing the thing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not good. At, I'm not good at this because I it, it's the sad echoing of it. It's a beautiful creative space to to and, and it's a place to help you vision and, and organize your thoughts as far as the, the writing, I think, from a visual standpoint, the art that that should be should be looked at even more of generating art. Art is a beautiful part of liturgy and theology that we already don't do enough with. And AI gives everybody the opportunity to do that. Now I will say con, copyright plagiarism stuff is a mess. If you are generating AI and there's even a smidgen of worry of copyright plagiarism, don't use it. It, it's as simple as that. If you're afraid of it and you're like, you know, this could get me in trouble, just be on the safe side um, because there's a good chance it will. But at the same time, do your research. But that's a big con for me. I think that there is a level of gray area slash thin ice, unexplored waters uh, with AI that we're going to soon find in the future um, that could come back to bite you in the butt if you use it the wrong way. I think for me... Yeah. Go ahead, Shane, please. No, 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 go ahead. I think for me, it's, it's um, I'm passionate about preaching authenticity of voice. Shane's already covered how, how it will get there uh, with, to help you with authenticity of voice, but people know if you're not being you. And, and from a preaching standpoint, um, whether it's, it's in person or, or online, it's, you've got to be authentic and, and bring yourself to it. And um, what I, I've generated uh, just for fun to explore this topic, it's, it's passing, but it's, it's, it, it's not, it would not be me. Yep. Yeah. And piggybacking on both of those, I, I think what we're going to see real fast is that AI creates it, it generates a bunch of fake experts. Um, and so it gives everybody the ability to know, a, to know a lot about everything. And so people are going to produce content in areas that they have no business producing content because they don't know the thing. Um, and where that will bite you in the butt, as you said, is when you have to 
be held accountable for that knowledge. When you have to explain it, when you're on TV or on the news or on a podcast or something, and you have to explain this thing that you wrote and you can't do it and you're seen as a fraud. It may not be a big deal for the regular general person, but if what's going to happen is somebody and more than one somebody, a bunch of somebodies are going to get famous for their content that AI produced and they're going to have this big rise and then they're going to have a meteoric fall because they don't know what they're talking about. And um, that so that for me is a big con is that it the thing that makes it great is the thing that makes it terrible. Everybody everybody has access to a bunch of stuff and we already have a problem on the internet of everybody thinking they're an expert on everything just because they saw a meme on it. Right. Mm -hmm. This goes further where it can actually give you real information. You can use it to learn a ton, but you're never going to be able to use it to integrate that in such a way that makes you know what you're talking about. That takes study like any expert is an expert because they studied and spent years and time and effort and blood, sweat and tears making it happen. Right. It goes back to the art form. It can produce even an authentic tone of myself, but it's still not me because it doesn't know that my dad died when I was 10. It doesn't know how that affected me on a personal level. And so for, for me, that big con is fake experts are already rampant. This is just going to make it even worse. And real experts <clears throat> are going to have to be the ones that call that out and say, this is not accurate. Mm -hmm. Like the information might be right, but the soul behind this is absolutely not. I'm over here clapping and cheering in my heart for you, Shane, with what with what you're saying. Let me be boring real quick, Hunter. So uh, in the earliest days when Charles Wesley would write and, and you know, there's stories about him pounding on doors saying pen and ink and he had to get his thoughts out. He had to send everything through his big brother, John. John would take the document. He would make lines through it. He would cross stuff out in the margin. He would say no. And another place he would say do you really believe this? And that kind of stuff to center the theology. So just to, to with what Shane's saying, it might write you a sermon, but if you don't know, like if you're a Wesleyan, a Christian, and that's and or a United Methodist or whatever else, and you don't know the theology, you you don't know what you're saying, you know, uh, to to your people. And so I I think that's a great statement that you're making. Shane of, of it can might write a sermon but it doesn't mean it has good theology yeah hashtag preach all right real quick before we wrap up our pro con list I had to do it I put in to the AI generator <laughs> I, I put this is the prompt the exact prompt pro con list of use of AI in ministry they gave four for each I'll read them real quick the pros are increased efficiency in productivity in administrative tasks Ability to analyze large amount of data and make data-driven decisions. Personalization and customization of religious services and resources. <laughs> Ability to reach and connect with more people through digital means. Now, the cons are potential for job loss and display displacement of human workers. Risk of bias and discrimination in decision-making. Lack of personal interaction and human connection. And this is, I think this is where we all like potential of misuse and abuse of AI technology and ethical and moral concerns surrounding the use of artificial intelligence in religious contexts. Yep. Now, the one thing that I, I pretty much agree with a lot of this, the one thing that I'm kind of like, I don't see this as a con in the terms of ministry is I can't imagine you guys have any fear of losing your job. AI is not going to be able to do pastoral care. It's not going to be able to be there to open the church on Sunday morning or Wednesday afternoons. It's it's not a now in the terms of like a graphic designer, maybe, but I don't think curriculum content writer. You know, yeah, that's you true. Know, but but no, but in I, terms I, of yeah. being a pastor, I don't think AI is ever. I mean, I hope to God it's never going to be able to make you guys feel unsafe in your job. Right to hold to hold the hand of the of the needy to to give voice to the oppressed. Mm -hmm. Right, it's it's Isaiah and, and Jesus. Right, um, but <laughs> never mind. But all right, cool. Last thing I want to do is I want to talk about safe, healthy, and safe ways AI could be viable for ministry. That could be anything from your Sunday school teachers, uh, maybe the people running your food pantry. What are some ways that they could potentially use it? Um, 
that's not writing a sermon specifically, but like, like I'm thinking like for AIR, I could use it to make flyers for an event that my church is holding. Did you guys have any ideas of how people in your church or congregation members or volunteers could use it in their ministries that would be in your eyes, a healthy, safe way to do it? I, so I'm thinking like of my SPRC group, right? Um, our leadership, like we, we spend a lot of time training our leadership and things like that. But in the end, most of our leadership are not professional theologians or preachers or question askers. This is where I'm getting to. When the SPRC has to ask questions of an interview uh, interviewee, right? Sometimes they ask things that are just blatantly illegal <laughs> or wrongheaded or theology driven in a theology that isn't ours. And so I think using that to help generate some interview questions uh, in our like for a particular way or using it to help um, analyze a safe sanctuaries policy and update it to be more current. Um, I think there are a lot of ways to be able to use it in, in a ministry context where we feed it information and help it improve what we have or help it to keep us focused, keep people focused, like with the food pantry. If you're having, um, if you're creating one or you have one saying, here are the things that here's the, here are all the food items we have help, uh, generate generate an inventory list of uh you know or help organize like you can use it for organizational things in that way um or you can also use it to help generate ideas based off okay we have a food pantry what are some ancillary ministries that could be connected to that uh, and help generate that thought process to say oh maybe that is something we could do in a, in a way so i think there are a lot of really great ways that it can be used ethically safely um to just enhance things that are already happening. I, I love that. Like, you know, ge generate a, a bag of groceries that that would be uh, yeah. balanced. You know, if you have a food pantry on a very limited budget, you know, like, well, what can we put in there that might might help really help, you know, this week so we can spend our, our resources accordingly? Or, or I love to generate, you know, what generate a, um, you know, a, a job description. What are we not thinking about that uh, uh, maybe a worship and arts director should know or a sound person or, or something like that? I, I love that. I, I really still like it. After everything I've said, I really, I love whiteboards. I think it's perfectly wonderful to use it as a whiteboard. Generated children's event idea around ice cream you know, or a, or a game, you know, a little, a lesson. We did the Lord's Prayer one. You know, the icebreaker questions were were really good. You know, when was the last time? Talk talk with the partner about, well, when was the last time you prayed? It, it's very chintzy stuff we could do, but it, it's a time saver. And I think if you say, hey, hey, group, here's some questions that we generated. You know, you're, you're citing, I think that's still perfectly ethical, legal, wonderful. You're just being open and transparent. Like I'm really bad at hospitality. It every inventory I've ever taken, it's right at the bottom. Um, I'm just, it's just not a gift I have. Uh, I I'd be just fine entering any space with no food or drinks or people coming up to me and saying hi. Like, and so I don't generate those well. I could very well see myself in a situation where I feed it, say, I'm having a Bible study weekly. What are some hospitality driven? attitudes that I should be aware of um, to make people feel welcomed and comfortable. And like, that seems so stupid for somebody whose gift is hospitality. They're like, why wouldn't you know that? Well, because I suck at it. That's why. And so it could help enhance me in a way, in a place where I'm just lacking and I have no interest in improving that in real life. Like, I just don't care enough to want to get better at it. But if the AI told me, hey, you should be aware that people are going to care about that, <laughs> then maybe I do something about it. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it, it could help us in our blind spots or in those areas where we just aren't going to spend time really improving. Like for me, that would be great because I know I have people in my Bible study who would absolutely love it if I brought some cookies every once in a while, you know? And, and then that's, and then that, so I wouldn't be surprised in time if we don't see it as an, as a, just one more inventory, you know, there's going to be an element of whether it's Myers-Briggs, Strength Finder. Mm -hmm. Uh, any of the uh, Enneagram of, of helping clergy and, and a development, you know, yeah. in, in some function. And I, I think that would be amazing. And, and as far as the taking the jobs, 
I, I think there's going to be a great future for for people who can who understand the search queries and everything to be to really help all kinds of different areas. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome guys, thank you so much. Um, AI is just kind of getting started. Uh, I imagine it's going to just grow from here. Um, but thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, I want to end on a joke. One thing that I use AI for that's so stupid and so silly, I have it write jokes for me. <laughs> and so while we've been talking, I've had it write me two jokes. And I'll tell you guys, and then we'll, we'll sign off and, and call it. The first one is, uh, why did the AI go to church? To get a bite of the divine. Oh, boy. Wow. Bite with a Y. <laughs> like gigabyte. Okay, last one. Um, I this is the prompt I wrote for this joke. Write me a joke about John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. So, why did John Wesley never use an ironing board? I don't know why. Because he was too methodical in his pressing. Wow. <laughs> I've had I've I've, mm -hmm. I've done the John Wesley joke a few times, and it's it's either really hit or miss. I had one that, about circuit writing. That that joke about why did the AI go to church would have been so much better if it said, why did the AI take communion to get a bite of the divine? See, that is, that's, see, that, that's, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you, see, it'll never replace human thought ever like that. <laughs> you, and Shane, you need to go ahead and put that, go ahead and, and put that out there with your name on it or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Write it, write it down somewhere, mail it to yourself so you have a copyright see? of it. But it gave me the idea <laughs> and I improved upon an idea. There you Perfect. Real Great. time. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, <laughs> if you're listening and you want to look at AI, it's it's a cool tool. Uh, there's a ton of stuff out there. Go to Google. You can probably just type AI into Google and it'll find something. But the big ones that a lot of people are using, MidJourney, uh, DaVinci is one, uh, ChatGBT, Canva, WordSpinner. Those are just the top of my heads. Um, but thank you guys. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Adam, for, for coming on and giving your insight on AI. And we hope that uh, we can continue to use AI in our church, but in a, in a good, godly, uh, please, if you use AI, please tell us it's AI before you use it. Mm -hmm.